0: Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate, folks. Today, we have the pleasure of having Jess Lenoval on. Now, I've probably gotten Jess's last name a little wrong. I know it's French from the way that she speaks about her husband in the episode. But Jess is, uh, I think, one of the training pioneers within real estate, and certainly from a future perspective, is that the reason that we've gotten Jess on the podcast is that she really dives in from a training perspective for real estate around a lot of the aspects that Chris and I definitely believe from the social touch points of keeping up with your database and and along the lines of social media, um, in order to build a real estate business. Now, that says we don't dive into a great deal of that today. We really dive into a little bit more of her story. We talk about some of the uh, some of the things that she, she sees in the industry um, and some of the changes that she made in her life, um, a, great, uh, a great story around a life change of where they live. Um, but I really enjoyed connecting with Jess um, and certainly encourage you guys to check out what she has to offer. Uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Hopefully it's helpful. Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing focused business for the future. Let's get into it. Jess, welcome to Rethink Real Estate.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm, I'm thoroughly excited about this because you just dropped a bomb on, on me. You live in the Bahamas,
1: I do live in the Bahamas. I live on a small island in the Bahamas called Eleuthera.
0: Oh, so tell me, walk me through the decision to go from Toronto to to Bahamas.
1: Well, anybody who has spent a winter in Toronto, (laughs) I think doesn't really need the walkthrough. But I met my husband 13 years ago and we went on our, think, fifth date or fourth date. We went to Jamaica together and we... Kind of fell in love on that trip. And we always said, we are going to live somewhere with palm trees one day. <laughs> and I think that in theory, we weren't really sure where that was going to be. But then in 2020, yeah, I guess it was 2020, we bought the Forever Home in Toronto. It was 7,000 square feet on one floor. Like, we started gutting it. It had an indoor pool. And my husband kept trying to figure out where he was putting these potted palm trees. (laughs) And so he just, he was like, I want a hundred palm trees in this house. And I remember thinking, like, I feel like we're doing this wrong. (laughs) I I feel like we're going about this the wrong way. So we really started seriously thinking about where we would go. Now, we looked at everything from Thailand to Bali to like every Caribbean island and we settled on the Bahamas for a couple of reasons. Um, okay. one of them is if you've ever been to the Bahamas, the water here is like unmatched other than in like the Maldives.
0: What are we talking? To- are we talking like clarity, color, or warmth?
1: Both all, okay. all.
0: So all. like,
1: it's like, like you can see the bottom, it's like turquoise and clear and it's warm. There's
0: no I just want to, I, <laughs> d- I want to put it over here. I, I want to double click on that for a second. So we're from Australia originally. Gold Coast um, yep. is just down the road from Brisbane. You know, it's, it's warm waters, beautiful beaches. Yep. And you come to California and because we live in Newport Beach and, and you're like, oh, this place is, you know, this is supposed to be a dream. The beaches suck. It's gritty, dirty sand and the water's freezing cold.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why. That, so, the, so that was reason number one for choosing the Bahamas as a, like as a country. Um, two was proximity to, my, to get home. So I'm a two and a half hour direct flight to my mom. In Toronto? Yeah. It's it, it's two it's and a half hours? Two and a half to two and three quarters, yeah. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't realize.
1: That? And then um we are tax free in the country of the Bahamas. <laughs> Cha ching. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Cha ching. Okay. Cool. All right. Gotcha. So, all right. So that makes a great deal of sense then. But let's talk. Let's let's revert this back to a little bit of real estate now because yeah. here you are sitting in Toronto as an incredibly successful real estate person, um, and and you're you're sort of in a transition phase of your life at the moment from a career perspective. Or like talk to me about what you're doing at the moment because you're in Bahamas. You're not selling real estate anymore. You know. Let's let's do the elevator pitch on Jess and from a professional yeah. perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, I started so I founded the Listings Lab, which is our like training company in twenty eight, the beginning of twenty
0: eighteen. So, Rock solid name, just like just as so name, good, as far right? as names go, just so good.
1: Chosen out of three that were written on a napkin, but the, give me the, the other list- two.
0: Are you allowed to give me, me the other two?
1: Remember. No, I don't <laughs> even remember what the other two were. I showed okay, okay. it to three people, and all three people were like, "That's it." So, so that's what we ran with. But um, yeah, so I stopped selling, I stopped actively selling real estate as an agent in 27, 27- the end of 2017. So 2017 was my last like active selling year. Um, founded the Listings Lab a- in the beginning of 2018 and moved to LA. I moved to Venice Beach for mm-hmm. six months. At the time, that was really where all the like course creators, uh, business trainers, like everyone was kind of like, there was a hub there. Now they all live in Austin, Texas. But, uh, but, but at the time, like that was, that was kind of like the place to be. So I moved there for six months so that I could kind of immerse myself in that world because I had 15 years of real estate experience and zero years of training experience. So uh, I, we knew that we wanted to make that transition and I built our programs to be the programs that I wish that I'd had. That as an agent, these were all the things that I really struggled with finding. So we built them, and uh, I guess the rest is history. We yeah we scaled them up, and um, and then in twenty, I guess we've been here for two years. So I guess it was like twenty twenty one. We finally made the move here.
0: So so the the thing that I first of all I love the 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 nature of picking up and moving to the area that actually has palm trees versus importing the palm trees into your house. I love that story. <laughs> I love the fact that you know you've been and done this in the, from a real estate perspective and yeah. you've gone down the path of trying to trying to you know sort of provoke the industry in order to give it what you believe it missed. Yeah. And I like that there's some real genu- genuine approach to that but I think that I think the skill set that you're teaching people is probably the most important skill set when it comes to, I'm going to take your name literally. And the listing lab is obviously something that you're, the listing side of the business is there's a clear focus on that. Obviously, you guys offer a lot more stuff, but but realistically, as far as a listing focused business, that's awesome. But you talk about, there's this one thing and you just said the word scalability and I want to sort of lean into that in the first degree of this. You talk about um, unlimited scalability in your business. Yeah. That's one of the biggest traps that I see for realtors, in the sense that they re- like their business revolves around them. Don't get me wrong; I'm a product of that problem as well. I think that our business would be far more uh, would be far more extensive if you know I wasn't a control freak and I didn't have to be everything and blah 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 blah. You know, yeah. scalability. I think is every, is scalability is something that I think is it's spoken about a hell of a lot in real estate, but it's definitely I don't believe implemented. And Absolutely. if it is implemented, it's this. I said this on a podcast a couple of months ago, Jess. So I want you to give me your opinion of this. Yeah. I feel like real estate's going in the wrong direction with this though. People are taking scalability too literally and they're trying to get themselves so far away, not even arm's length, like miles length away from the transaction where the realtor or the head of the their business is basically nowhere near the transaction, which I think that we need to give as an industry ourselves a check. But leading into the actual question, tell me or, 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 or give me an overview of this unlimited scalability that you talk about.
1: So I have always said people get into real estate for three reasons. We want to be able to make more than we were making at whatever we were doing before. Or this idea of like not having an income ceiling. We feel like we want to be able to control our calendars or have freedom of schedule. And we want to help people. Mm-hmm. Now, the reality of 99% of people in real estate is they actually don't have the first two because they become the bottleneck of their business. Absolutely, the, Every single thing in their business single threads through that. And so they lose, you know, they become the income ceiling and then they lose the ability to actually have freedom of time because right. in real estate, I don't know where this came from, but we are the most reactive human beings. <laughs> and... I, I opened my book. So I wrote a book in tw- uh, 2021, maybe. Is it, it called,
0: stuck at six figures? Is that the one?
1: No, it's called More Money, Less Hustle.
0: Oh, More Money, Less Hustle. What's the one stuck at six figures? Like Again, I don't want to lead you off down, down a path, that's, but I see that there.
1: That's kind of like an ebook. So it's it's oh, the it's okay. Listings Lab methodology. It's, it's, it's like a 21-page thing. But I yeah. actually wrote like a full book. And I opened the book with like what we call the spaghetti incident. Okay. Which is me in... Early, really early on in my marriage, sitting at a restaurant at date night, and I had the most manual business in the world, but I was pushing and hustling and scaling and doing the things, and um, we're sitting at dinner, and my phone's ringing, and it's buzzing, and it's buzzing, and it's buzzing, and I, like, literally, I'm trying so hard to, like, pay attention to my husband, and I can't, because I'm... my phone's ringing and my phone's ringing. And so without even thinking about it, I had like this moment that like my brain shut down and I spit the spaghetti that was in my mouth into my napkin. I picked up my phone and I walked away from the table. (laughs) And that was for me like a really big turning point because I walked back into the restaurant and anybody who knows me, I am absolutely unequivocally obsessed with my husband. Like Hmm. he is like, like the wind beneath my wings.
0: Sorry. Sorry. Just so we can make reference.
1: Eve, Eve Leneville, um, very French name. So like Eve, uh-huh. like Eve St. Laurent. I was about, i oh, sorry.
0: I thought you so, so sorry. I, I thought you cut out. I was like, did she say Steve? <laughs> no, no, it's Eve. Eve.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Eve, like Eve St. Laurent. Um, uh. and he, his face, when I walked back into that restaurant was like, oh like this is just my life now. Right. Um, that was the turning point for me of I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this, I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing the things that actually really matter to me for money. Mm. And not even like, I wasn't even able to, you know, I got so busy at one point that I wasn't even able to like, use the money. Because like, all I did all the time was work. And so I ended up spending money on things that I didn't even really want, like cars and clothes and bags and stuff. So you can you'll, you'll you see the transition now where I live on a small island in the Bahamas where like there's no store here to buy socks.
0: <laughs> really?
1: 100%. Like That's great. So so you know it's it, I think I really got my priorities in check and that's really where I actually started thinking about the scalability of my business and how I could make more but also make sure that I had was prioritizing the things that actually mattered to me. Okay. So, um, Ben Hardy, Benjamin Hardy has this, uh, this process. No, sorry. It's not Benjamin Hardy. It's, uh, it's Tim Ferriss. Has oh, this yeah. I love of- Tim
0: Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Tim Ferriss is, is like greatest of all time. Um, Tim Ferriss has this concept of eliminate automate delegate. Mm. So what I started doing is, you know, I I discovered the Eisenhower Matrix. This was a long time ago, but I started actually categorizing every single thing that I did in my business.
0: So is I, that the, is that the Eisenhower? Talk to me about that. I don't know what that is. So the Eisenhower. Yeah, so
1: it basically categorizes things into your zone of genius, mm-hmm. and then things that you're good at, but you know you you like you like and you're good at things that you love that you're good at things that you that you're good at but you don't like and then things that you're bad at and you don't like.
0: Okay. okay. And
1: so I started like actually thinking about what I was spending my time on and the values associated with what I was spending my time on. What hmm. was this a a $20 an hour job? Was this a thousand dollar an hour job? So I started really looking at everything in my business, started looking at tech that was available. Now, I'm a really big believer that things in real estate are always like 15 years behind. So I started going to other service-based businesses, the you know the training and coaching industry being one of them, yep. and looking at how people were running those businesses and how they were scaling those businesses. And I started bringing some of the theory, some of the tech, some of it back into my real estate business and tried to figure out how to make it more scalable. So, I mean... If there's one thing that I'm really good at first, it's marketing. I'm a marketer first. So the the actual generation of business was never the problem.
0: What makes you a good marketer, in your opinion?
1: Um, I think I've become obsessed with it. And I think that I understand and have learned and spent the time to learn human behavior mm-hmm. and the human psychology. Everything that we teach in the listings lab is how to get someone from complete stranger to inbound client.
0: So from your perspective, early days, getting obsessed with learning, you know, the psychology of people, what would you say was one of the leading things to getting a better grasp of the psychology in people? Like what's a a leading thing that if someone's listening here going, hey, I really, I I think I'm a good marketer, but I don't really have a good understanding of the human psychology. Where do you start to find more out?
1: So I don't think that you can be a good marketer without a good understanding of human psychology. Fair enough. Because... I think most people in real estate who think that they're good bar- marketers are, uh, in my opinion, bad marketers because they're just everything around them like a billboard,
0: Absolutely. and
1: that's extremely old school. Say, like we're not selling vacuums door to door anymore. And if you want to create an inbound relationship or someone, or you want to create attraction marketing, the basis of all of that is emotion people make decisions emotionally before they make them logically and really good marketing and really good attraction marketing isn't about your ideal client or your ideal customer understanding you. Mm. It's about your ideal customer feeling understood by you. So a lot of it comes down to, are you putting the right things in front of this person to feel that human connection? And then are you, are you also able to back those things up with logic? So it's the emotion first and then the logic and whether it's online or on social media or through paid traffic, it doesn't matter. The evolution of a human relationship is the same. Right. And the emotional like depth of how you actually facilitate that, that, that growth of a relationship is the same. So I think that learning that early on and also using the tools that are actually available. I built my business in 2005 on Facebook when it was a wall and it was a classified section.
0: I forgot about the wall. I forgot about the wall. wall.
1: It was was a wall. It was a wall and it was a classified section and and, and some direct messenger. And this is before there was, you know, ad manager, before like Meta had any of that. And that's where, because I'm naturally quite introverted and the brokerage that I was at that was like, okay, you need to cold call and door knock and flyer and and billboard and you need to network. And, and I was like, that is like literally my worst nightmare.
0: That's it. This is a really good point, Jess, that I want to lean into a little bit here because you saying that you don't come across as somebody that is an introvert. You have a, you've got your own company. You're building it to be the face of that company. You're ultimately trying to scale your business. You've got a lot of self-confidence here. You're doing a podcast with me. You speak incredibly well about things. Talk to me about the closet introvert that is listening to this, really, um, that that when they're told to cold call, when they're told to do all of these yeah. things, you know, how did you deal with that? How did you like, obviously, this is what you're about to get into, yeah, yeah. but like, how did you battle through that? Because I'm sure that you didn't just go, no, nah, I'm going to do it this way. I'm sure that there was an element of like, well, hang on, all of these successful people are telling me to do this. Yeah. I might have to give this a go and you might have dipped your toe into the awkward pool. And then, yeah.
1: I tried. I got chased down a driveway once. <laughs> I knocked on some old guy's door and he chased me down the driveway. And, and I, I was ending every day of quote-unquote prospecting absolutely exhausted and unhappy. And I don't think that introversion de- necessarily means that like you aren't personable. Mm. I think that what it means is that you spent, expel a lot of energy with having to, my, my team calls it Jess's people too much today. Right. So like, Jess, if Jess's,
0: I, Jess's people too Jess much. Is that right?
1: Out today.
0: <laughs>
1: so, so, you know, for me, like the, I expend a lot of energy that way. And so I had to figure out a way where I could be consistent and I could build something that actually made sense. Now, everybody was also telling me I was 21 at the time. Mm. And everyone was always saying, it's your sphere, it's your sphere, it's your sphere. And I grew up with a mom in real estate. My mom's been in real estate for 35 years. Right. So um, I was 21. I looked about 16. (laughs) And everyone was like, work your sphere. I was like, first of all, my friends are not buying real estate. I agree. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, my sphere, anybody else around me who is, are they going to choose me? Who's 21 and just got my license, or are they gonna choose my mom, who is 30 years older than me and has 20 years of real estate experience?
0: It's it's such a great point that I think that a lot of people that are new in the industry just get led down a path of because you know, it's the same thing. I got into real estate when I'm 18. That's when you can get your license in, in Australia. And realistically, when they say to you, use your sphere and you know, all of those things, like you just said, regardless, is that if you do use your sphere, like I I, I have this conversation sometimes with you agents that come within our network and then people that we're, we're operating with, it's like what type of legacy do you have with your sphere? Because yeah. if you were previously, um, I don't know, I can't think of anything, stacking shelves at Ralph's, the grocery yeah. store, yeah. and now you're going to give them advice about their real estate, I'm sorry, there's a bit of legacy there that probably is not good. Or if you've been the drunken kid at their <laughs> party that ultimately you they had to – pick you up and put them put you to bed they were like we
1: to bring you home yeah yeah, yeah they're yeah.
0: probably not gonna list their house with you so so again i think that that's something that a lot of people lead into that's a bit awkward
1: <laughs> and, I, and i couldn't agree more and i looked at my situation and thought okay i i understand in theory what everyone is saying but this is not working for me mm. And so I had to figure out my own way. I used to call it prospecting from my PJs, because I could sit on my couch in my pajamas by myself, and I could have conversations, and I could give value. And I could do this and build this relationship in a way that felt it felt good and it felt authentic to me. And so that's really What made, how it, what
0: made it feel authentic, Jess? What made it feel authentic?
1: I almost feel like to a certain extent, I could hide a little bit and I could lead with how much I knew because I knew a lot. I grew up in the industry. Yep. So I knew a lot. And then I, and so often, like I would get to a certain point with people where I would meet them in person. And the first question they would ask me is how old are you? Mm. Because I did, I looked really young, but what was coming out of my mouth or what the conversations that we had had leading up to that had given them enough confidence that it was okay yep so you know fast forward i just continued to use technology and digital platforms in a way that a lot of people weren't i think that the way that i think 95 percent of people in real estate don't know how to run facebook ads Yep. And that, you know, then people come to me every day and they're like, I tried Facebook ads. They don't work for me. Yep. And my first question to them is Nike runs Facebook ads. And big billion dollar companies run Facebook ads. Do you think that it's that Facebook ads don't work for you? Or do you think that it's that you don't know how to work Facebook ads? And I think that there, people will take like a $97 Facebook ads course on how to boost a picture of their business card and they'll do that and they'll spend thirty bucks and then not get anything from it and think, oh, that's a wash.
0: Can can I ask a question then on that? Because we spend a lot of time we're talking about the passive nurturement of your already existing database to yes. constantly be in front of using. So like I, I'm a big I'm a big believer in getting rid of the mailer that you mail out that you don't have Thank any you. data on. Agreed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm a big believer in let's put those people into an audience. Once you have a good enough size audience within social media and passively target them through, through some way, shape or form. But, Mm -hmm. but there's a, there's this part of this that I see this disconnect when I explain this to people where they go, well, can't I just have someone else do that? And I think that's the problem is they outsource the work. Even some of them have their internal team do it, but, but I still think that's a little bit too disconnected is that some of them outsource it to people that don't understand real estate at all.
1: Well, nobody like basically what you're doing is you're outsourcing. Would you send one of your team members to go and have dinner with your husband or wife? (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's good the answer is no but that yeah. is very good way of putting it that's great
1: but it's exactly the same thing because what you're doing is you're outsourcing the voice of <laughs> just, just, just
0: just so you know i plagiarize anything that comes onto my podcast <laughs> that can, that is now mine you've probably used it a million times before but Actually, i'm gonna say i've never uh, said
1: it before so it's that really is
0: amazing. that is remarkable <laughs> that's good anyway sorry
1: no it's so true and it's I would rather that you outsource the delivery in your business before you outsource the marketing mm. before you outsource like being the like the brand is the energy and the embodiment and the, the, you know, the tone and everything that is you, that makes you magnetic. That is your brand. And I think that agents go about it the wrong way. I could be, so, so this is something that I think a lot of people don't think about. I had a really big real estate business when I sold real estate. We did, you know, I had a a small, lean, highly scalable team. We did several hundred deals a year. Mm. And the reason, I'll put it this way. Was I the best agent in my market? Absolutely not. Was I one of the best marketers? Yes. And is that fair theoretically? No. But you can be the best agent in your market and and still not have the business that you deserve because oh. you're not the best marketer.
0: Let's let's use let's let's use this and I, I'm sure you will agree with me, or maybe maybe we don't need to be overly public about this, but let's take all the million dollar listing people that are on TV and the Oppenheimers and whatever it may be. Yep. I've, I've met, I've stolen listings off them. They are useless as far as realtors. Yeah. But again, they've got the biggest marketing platform in the world from a TV perspective. You know, like there's a prime example of that.
1: Yes. And, and, and it's true. So the way that I think about this is the, the mindset shift there where I went from a low six figure agent to a multi seven figure agent was I stopped looking at myself as a real estate agent and I started looking at myself as a marketer. I was a marketing company that sold real estate. And that was what really changed the way that I approached things and what I did. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we got so busy that then I had to work on the systems and work on the automations and make sure that the delivery was really sound. And, and you know, I, th- I also think that there's this element of the way that people do things in real estate that's broken I've always said I would rather have two people on my team doing 50 deals a year than have 10 people on my team doing 10 deals a year. Mm. And there's two reasons for it. One is it's super easy for me to to handle and manage two people. It's much harder for me to handle and manage and train and, and be head of culture for 10 people. You know, and... The, p- the, the element of mastery that's going to come from those two people doing 50 deals in terms of what they actually do and, and how they represent me is mm. going to be a lot better for the person who's doing volume and who is constantly in their craft as opposed to someone who is maybe struggling financially because they're only doing 10.
0: It's a, it's, it's real estate's in an interesting place. I I see that there's a lot of focus around teams and I see that it's the wrong focus around teams in a lot of cases as well. People are building a team because of the sake of saying that I want a team.
1: Say again, it's ego. Oh yeah. There's a lot of like big ego based teams or people who are burnt out and they're building teams because they're burnt out. Right. Because they, they can't continue at the pace that, because they've waited too long to actually build the structure of a real business.
0: And their personal brand is too deep into that business that if they've started too late, there's just like, I'm thinking about a gentleman that we operate with at the moment on the coast of California. He could never build a team because his brand is him. It's It's not, yeah.
1: This is something that we fundamentally teach the opposite of in the listings lab we help people build a service package, a signature system, a signature process, which is positioned as the getter of results in your business. Mm. Because if Ben is magic, and if Ben is the only person who can deliver a service this way, and he is the business, then no one else is Ben. And so every single person who comes in through marketing, through referrals, whatever, only wants to work with you and feels passed off. Now, if you position, which is the, like if you position a methodology or a signature system as something that's trademarked and is your unique value proposition, is the service package that you're selling, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter if you deliver it or Samantha delivers it. It becomes something that people are bought into that. And then it allows you also from a system standpoint to create standard operating procedures and automations that also deliver that service at an even better standard than that individual agent would would be able to deliver it alone. So every part of your business becomes better and it becomes more scalable.
0: Yeah. a interesting question for you is... Because you've gone through the process now, you stopped selling in twenty seventeen. You've yep. obviously now gone through and built a training company which goes through all of these things within real estate based mm-hmm. on what you've done. But I'm sure there's obviously a great deal of new learning that goes along as you step away and you experience new people and you see the yep. growth of other people's business. I you know, listening to listening to something the other day, it was a reminder to me is that you know, you, once you do something, you become relatively good at it. Okay. Then you, you then go down the path of then having to teach it to somebody, you become even better.
1: hundred percent.
0: Do you have any desire of going back to Toronto or going back into another marketplace and doing real estate again, after you've done your journey through the listing lab or, or I, I don't know, what's the end game here for you, Jess? Like, is um, there,
1: well, I mean, I have a team of 17 now. Okay. Um, and we have, I you know at any one time we have 5000 people in our programs. Right, So right. um probably not. My, our our core program is also lifetime access. Okay. So, you know, probably not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're are you the are you the head when it comes to content creation?
1: Um I create yes. So I'm still the face and the brand, but I am not the delivery. Sure. Um, so sure. I'm, you know, the way that our that our, our current business is structured, like I sit in the seat of Visionary. Yep. Carol Lee is my COO.
0: And your integrator.
1: So, and my integrator. Mm. And um, we have, you know, we have our finance department. We have each, each of our programs has have different coaching departments. Right. So that they're based on their skill set. Um,
0: I want to talk about this thing, lad. Let's talk about your, yeah, what yeah, you're doing right. and everything like that For because, sure. again, I don't want to – I feel worn out when it comes to real estate training and I really enjoyed when I got introduced to you um, that, that you know, yours was a fresh approach, it was a fresh mm-hmm. person. Also, and I'm going to say this with the, with the risk of um, being completely uh, cannibalised by a lot of people, but I love the fact that you're a female in the trading yeah. world. Yeah. I think that's so important. I've often said that women are the better real estate agents slash realtors in the world because they actually have the ability to deliver news that isn't favorable and it not be about ego, it not being about dominance. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, not everyone I but
1: think women are better salespeople.
0: No question. Absolutely no question in my mind. And yeah. I I thoroughly agree with that. Um, but but the the thing, like I'm worn out on the Tom Ferries, the Mike Ferries, the, you know, the Brian Buffinis of the world. Like, don't they've had their time. But, but also, it's sort of like they're so disconnected from where it ultimately is, which is in the living room or, mm. or 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 running that business. Like, don't get me wrong, they're coaching people and all that stuff, but I just feel a little worn out with it all
1: i I, I you know i I think that that's fair. Um, now we actually we have some new newer people on our team that have come mm. from them, sure. um and when I ask them, why do you want to be here? It's always I want to be somewhere that's innovating. Sure. I want to be yeah. somewhere that you know we can have an idea, and it doesn't take sixteen months hmm. to get it out there.
0: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so so talk to me about the programs and talk to me yep. about what you what you guys offer. I'd love to. I'd love to hear that a little bit more.
1: For sure. So um, we have a couple different levels of programming based on the agent. So okay. it started out as just the Listings Lab. Um, and we scaled the listings lab up to, you know, several, you know, a thousand people, several, several hundred to a thousand people a year kind of coming into that program. Now that program is marketing. Mm. It is attraction marketing, organic and paid traffic, but a hundred percent of that is geared towards getting that psychological journey built out from stranger to client. So how are you taking people, whether it's on organic social media platforms, whether it's through paid traffic, um, and building out all of that marketing, all of that messaging, all of the positioning. And and I'm a really big believer that your brand is not the colors and logos and fonts that you use. I really don't care what your colors and logos and fonts look like as long as it doesn't look like you did it,
0: yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, I, and and I think that so many people spend waste so much money on these visual rebrands and then they don't understand why they don't get an ROI on it which ultimately doesn't make sense. Your brand is what people think and say about you when you're not in the room. And so that's really what we craft in in that in that <clears throat> in that program. Now, the goal of all of this is that we want to get you to a seven-figure business through digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't teach mailers, I don't teach like, I don't teach anything that is considered old school. 100% of what we do is, is digital, um, including all of the physical and digital assets that you need in your business from, you know, your listing presentations to, you know, what you're sending out to your lead magnets to, like, the whole thing, your product. So that's the listings lab. Um, and then we, that, from there, we then built out our accelerated agent program, which is only organic. And it's for people who aren't ready to run paid traffic. Right. Now, we differentiate that for people who are, you know, people who are under six figures. Right. Someone who's making sixty thousand dollars a year should yep. not be spending a thousand dollars a month on ads. Fair enough. Right. So um, I'm also a really big believer that if you're not getting two, I would say three to ten deals a month organically, you're not ready to run paid traffic because your message isn't vetted. Got it. So, so then we have the accelerated agent that is for people under six figures. Now, what ended up happening is people were so successful within the listings lab that then they got to a point where they were like, okay, I need to build teams. I need to hire, I need systems. I need all of these things because the marketing is working. Yep. So we built out our seven figure agent program, which is, which is essentially like our only program. That's not lifetime access. Okay. Now that program is a lot more hands-on. We're a lot more in people's businesses with them. It is Systems, automations, team and hiring, uh, but basically like building the unlimited scalability, which we talked about, um, so that you can continue to grow and continue to scale and build the business that you want. We have people in that program. I think that there's so many programs out there that build people's businesses in one idea of what success looks like. And every single individual is different, has different strengths and different weaknesses and different visions for what they want for their lives. So what we do in that program is, yes, okay, the systems are for the most part going to be the same. doesn't matter if you are building to sell or you're building because you want to have an eight-figure business and be the dancing bear. The, the, the actual structure of the systems are going to be the same, right? So there's certain things that like, yes, we have and like we can help people build, but the intention of these programs is that we're building your idea of what success looks like. And so I think that that's something that like makes us a little bit different.
0: That's unique in the sense that what you think success looks like. I'm sure that there's this journey, Jess, that you take a lot of people on that have these unobstructed view. well, excuse me, these obstructed views of what success is supposed 100%. to look like. Like I want a Porsche, I want a this, I want a that. Yeah. And and I you've probably got to help them.
1: A lot of those people. So I think that like I'm very much like authentically me. Okay, and good. I think that I don't necessarily attract the like I want to show my ex wife that I can get a, have a Maserati type <laughs> Like that that's just not who resonates with me.
0: That definitely is a box like that you've yeah. checked off in yeah. your business plan. I don't want to attract that person.
1: <laughs> no, and, and 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 I just naturally don't. I think that I attract the kind of people who are, you know, wanting to be there for their kids hockey games you know, and that, that want to be able to, you know, live life in a very full, very fun way, because I mean, a whole bunch of my content is me frolicking, frolicking on the beach with my husband and, you know, you know, living what I teach.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you've, you've expressed that with the move to the Bahamas, but you know, it's, it's funny though. Like it's, it's interesting to see leaders of companies get pissed off for lack of better terminology. Like I've, I have found myself doing this very early on is that you have these offices and you have these agents and you you create these environments and you do these certain things for these agents and they don't turn out, turn up, they're never there, they feel like they never work and, all, and yeah. you take it to the point of like, oh, well, if they just worked harder, they could do more or they could have more. But maybe they are just happy with the way that it works and sometimes you've got to lean out rather than lean in. Yeah. And just realize that they're probably the reason they get into real estate is the anonymity that it provides. And hey, they're doing it better than you are.
1: (laughs) And yeah, and and again, like what one person wants is not going to be happy and fulfilling for what someone else wants. Mm. I think that you know we have people who come into the the Listings Lab, you know, build a six hundred thousand dollar a year business, and they're like, "I'm good. I'm just going to like do this for the next ten years." Yeah. And then we have other people who are like, okay, so I've hit this. How do I get to, from here to here and buy back the time? I really, I, I love so many people fall in love with creating content in our programs that then they're like, I just literally want to create content all day. They're like, I want to be like the dancing bear. And like, I want to like, I want to be the, the, the brand. And I want to, I want to build a team of really awesome people who love the client facing stuff. Yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. That's it can you look know, however
1: it's... you want it to look. We also have people who are building to sell, right? Yeah. They're like, hey, I got, I've got three or four years left in this, and I don't want to be one of those agents who just like their business dies when they retire or they never retire. I
0: yeah. want to
1: actually build something that is, that has a valuation and is saleable, which databases are not anymore. Yeah. So yeah. then we look at intellectual property and systems and, you know, team and like, and, and we look at the entire package in terms of what would someone actually buy and put a value on.
0: Final sort of wrap up to this. Yes. Um, so that we leave people with a little bit more research to do on you and your company and oh. and everything like that. And I, I um, real estate's in an interesting and a tricky time, mm-hmm. um, you know, constantly i'm getting asked the questions around hey what do you think is going to happen with this whole buyer side thing and you know we come from a we come from a country where there is no buy side commission anyway you know and if a buyer wants to be represented by somebody they have to pay out of their own pocket and that's Mm -hmm. how just to be clear the rest of the world pretty much works outside of north america um i know canada went through you know the the whole co-brokering thing i know that this might have been just more specifically british columbia yeah yeah with the with the you couldn't, um, so one, the fee is lower, um, for cooperating brokerage mm-hmm. um, fee, but then also then you couldn't even have somebody represent in the same office, you, can't you know, double somebody end it. Yeah, can't double end it. So I, I've known it's gone through that, but where do you see this going? Cause at the moment I'm telling people that, you know, I see this process like AI is that it's moving so quickly that, you know, by the time you grab it and you start focusing on one thing, you've already, you, you, you're already behind, um, I think that you've just got to let it settle. I think
1: it's great because, so I've been saying this for years, standard commissions are silly because in every market, in every industry, in every product, there is Walmart and there's Chanel. Mm. And in today's day and age, Walmart and Chanel are being paid the same thing. Or agents are upset because so-and-so is discounting. And I think that where this is going to go is that people have to validate. There's no standard commission. People have to create a product that is actually highly valuable, which yep. usually is going to mean specialized. And that they're going to have to justify what they're charging, which I don't think is a bad thing. And I think that, yes, you're going to have your agents out there that have a service package that's one point. And then yeah. you're going to have the agent who like really has a full service type of Chanel product, for lack of a better way of explaining it, that can charge 3%. Sure. And there's go- also going to be people who want a deal. And then there's also going to be people who, honestly, the people who buy Chanel bags, you can buy a bag from Walmart and your phone's not going to fall out of it. You can buy <laughs> a bag from Chanel and your phone's not going to fall out of it. The people who are going to, to pay for that 3% package are the same people who are going to pay for a Chanel bag that actually functional functionally does the same thing, so I think what we're actually going to see is we're going to see more of a traditional, more of a traditional type experience based pricing structure.
0: Yeah, I think that that to not overcomplicate it, Jess, I think that you've summed it up beautifully. Um, yeah. I guess that you know outside of that. You know, if I was in the stage of planning my business to do it differently, mm-hmm. I'm listening to this podcast and I'm thinking about all the stuff that you've just said and I'm going, hey, look, I'm not doing it right. They're having the spaghetti moment at the table with the husband and all the stuff. Yep. Um, Or they're probably getting ready to gear it up and they want to do it right and they want to make it sustainable and they want to make it a, an unlimited scalable business. Yep. Um, where do I start outside of going to the listing lab and starting to communicate with you? Where do I, where do I start? What is I mean, the, what's the first book, place? Yeah.
1: I think there's two, there's two places that you can start my book. Um, it's on Amazon. There's also an audio book. If you can manage to listen to my, book. what
0: was the title? What was the title one more time?
1: Uh, more money, less hustle becoming a seven figure real money. estate agent. Beautiful. So okay. there's the book. And then I guess the only, the other thing that I would say is, um, just find me on social media.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, great.
1: Instagram is just at Jess Lenovel.
0: Yeah. And we'll link all of that stuff. I appreciate all the time that you've given us on Rethink Real Estate, Jess, and looking forward to hopefully getting you back on and continuing to philosophize about real estate and also just checking on how the Bahamas life is going.
1: Oh, its I, I guarantee you it's going to be just great.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks again. Thanks. So about 75% of our audience hasn't liked, followed, or subscribed to our podcast. It would mean the world to us and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like, follow, or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on. Thanks again.